What's up, Joe? What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Sports 360. I'm Jeff Fennell, and I'm here with Rob Duran of Rob Duran Sports. Rob, it's been a long time, man. How you doing? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. Glad to be back. Excited. How's everything going with you? Okay. I mean, it's going, I mean, well, it's going better than okay. Uh, it's, it's just been such a long time, man. Um, I think the last time we spoke and we did a podcast, I think a gallon of milk was like 62 cents or something <laughs> like that. A loaf of bread was 25 cents. You know what I mean? <laughs> you can get on the bus for a quarter. Yeah, um, times have changed. Yeah. That, <laughs> <laughs> times have changed, man. It's just been a long time, but it's it, it's good to, to, to be on the mic with you again and to talk a little sports, man, because it's, it's, it's been a good minute, but, um, but yeah, life is good, you know, um, down here in Charlotte, you know, spring is, you know, you could see it in the air, you know, you could feel it in the air, you know, you see the plants blooming and and the weather is, you know, the temperatures are nice, and so looking forward to that, and of course, something we're going to talk about today, when you talk about spring, you got to talk about baseball, and the major league season is starting on Thursday, and I know you're excited about that. Yes, man. I cannot wait. Should be a should be a holiday, if you ask me, but that's a different conversation. You really think opening day should be a holiday? Absolutely. I think we should have opening week. I know they, they focus on opening day. I think it should be opening week, Jeff. Opening week. And how would that work, opening week? Like, I mean, because, okay, you do have an opening day where it's the first game for the home team, you know, at at home, right? And and the first opening day is just, you know, it's the first game for everybody. But then you have what I call like a second opening day where, mm-hmm. you know, if the team starts on the road for six games and then goes home the following week, they now have an opening day, you know, seven games or so into the season. So I can see how, you know, you have sort of like the larger opening day and then the secondary opening days. But what are you talking about opening week? How would that work? I mean, I'll, I'll compromise and say we should get both of those days off, the opening, opening, quote-unquote, opening day one and opening day two. I'll compromise and have those two days as holidays. I think it's only fair for the fans, Jeff. We got to grow the game. And you're going to grow the game by having those Everyone two days Everyone stay be... home. Yeah. Watch the games all day. Baseball marathons. <laughs> <laughs> Now, opening day is baseball marathon. I don't know what the networks have in store for Thursday, but traditionally, it pretty much has been baseball yeah. all day long on opening day, televised baseball. Yeah, and and let me tell you, I'll be at work, obviously. Um, but if you don't think I'm going to sneak away a little bit, catch my Yankees playing, I'm not sure exactly what time they open up on Thursday, but I, I'll, I'll be there. I'll be watching the game. I was about to ask you, you'll be at work. It's interesting you said that. I'll be at work. You didn't say anything about working. Yeah. You just said you'll be there. I'll um, be there. You'll, you'll be on location. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got I got my wireless earbuds ready to roll, man. Ready okay. to go. 
All right. Well, we're going to talk about opening day and also going to get your annual predictions for the season and interested always to hear about that. Um, but um, before turning to baseball, I want to touch on a few other things. Uh, I want to talk about, well, I was about to say my New York Knicks, but I also understand you're a New York Knicks fan as well. So talk about our Knicksies. Um, who, look, they're in the fifth spot right now. They played a whole lot better than I think anybody had any reason to expect, even a diehard Knicks fans. Um, but the last week or so hasn't been too good. And I think they need to right the ship. I think they're playing Houston tonight. They need to beat the Rockets. They need to right the ship. Um, but what do you think about the Knicks, man? And, and, you know, they look to be a shoe in for the playoffs, but I just want them to stay in that top six and not fall into the playing round. Yeah. I, I think you hit the nail on the head right there. Overall, I think the season has been really good for the Knicks. I think the addition of Jalen Brunson was magnificent for them. It was perfect. He's a perfect fit for the team. Um, Julius Randle has been playing really well, especially considering, you know, the up and down season he had last year. He's been playing really well this year. I would love to see more from RJ Barrett, honestly, more consistency from him. Um, I understand he's still young though. And I I hope that he continues to develop, but they have a good core. I I like what the Knicks have shown this year. Um, Obviously, they're on a three-game losing streak now. They've kind of stumbled a little bit after giving us a good, a good, a lot of excitement, especially towards the end of the season now. Um, so I'm hoping that this game against the Rockets, they turn around, they win in a very convincing manner, and kind of get that confidence going up again. Because, like you said, I don't want them dropping. I don't even want them dropping to six. I want them to stay at that, at that number five spot right there. Um, and, and and let's see what they do in the playoffs. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I will say this. Um, I, I think when you talk about the Knicks and the additions that they've made, I also think the midseason acquisition of Josh Hart has been mm, yes. a big one for them. He brings a lot of those intangibles. He rebounds the ball, plays some defense, uh, scores. You know, he, he can score a little bit, but overall, he's just a really good addition. And you see him on the floor late in games instead of R.J. Barrett a lot of times. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you mentioned Randall, and look, I think Julius has had a bounce-back season. I do think um, there has that there have been some signs of him being the old Julius Randall, though. You know what I mean? Um, the bonehead turnovers, mm-hmm. forcing the issue at the end of the game where you can tell he just, you know, is not going to give up the ball. You can just tell, right? He's not looking. His eyes are not up. His head is not up. He's dribbling the ball, dribbling in traffic, throwing the ball out of bounds. Um, and then even the other game against Orlando when he got mad at the referees and then was taking it out on his teammates and yelling at them too. You know, you kind of get a little bit of the good and bad Randall. I think for the most part, he's been very good. But I think with some of his success has come a little bit of, I don't know, may, maybe excess confidence or pride. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I just think he needs to he needs to make sure he stays within the overall structure of the team. Because I don't believe that in, at, at crunch time, I'm not saying Julius Randle shouldn't get the shot. I just don't know if the ball should be in his hands 
right? I'd rather be in Brunson's hands and maybe Brunson makes a play to give, to get Randall a shot. But I don't like the idea of Randall thinking the ball has to be in his hands because he's not a good decision maker. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. And I think that's one of the things that I was excited about when they signed Brunson is that we no longer have to see Randall coming up the court with the ball because a lot of those decisions and the turnovers and stuff like that, him, like you said, pretty much dribbling with his head down, what, that was one of the biggest issues he had last season. And now that he has a guy in Brunson who obviously can bring the ball up the court but also create his own shots and create shots for others, I think as a, as a cohesive unit, Randall has, has to kind of see that and say, all right, let me take even if it's half a step back and let Jalen Brunson create this opportunity for me or, you know, kind of take it into his own hands. But I think you're right. You know, maybe it's the pressure of New York and the playoffs. And, you know, we saw him shrink a little bit when he went against the Hawks um, a couple of years ago in the playoffs. So maybe that's starting to kind of come up again and he's trying to kind of prove himself. But I think you're, you're right. He has to kind of take that step back and, and let Jalen Brunson do what he does best and create the opportunities for all the other guys. Yeah. And I think the Knicks team is so much, this Knicks team is so much better than that mm-hmm. version that, that played the Hawks in the playoffs. And because I think if any team tried to employ the Hawks strategy of like, where they pretty much said, we're going to shut Julius down because they rightly believe nobody else could score on that team. I think that would hurt them this time around. Because I think, you know, first of all, Brunson can score. Barrett's a better scorer than he was, you know, yeah. a few years ago. Quickly is is really emerging as a as as a player as well. And and then I think again, you can get some contribution from Hart. But you know what? Uh, I, I I do have a concern about the Knicks starting five in this regard. I don't believe they get enough from Mitchell Robinson or Quentin Grimes. Uh, you know, for me, Quentin Grimes, if you're a starter and, you know, you're scoring two points as a, you know, shooting guard, especially a guy like him who's supposed to be able to shoot from long range, that's not good because, you know, you, 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 you can't play three on five with your starters, you know, because Mitchell Robinson, there's some nights where he's, I'm wondering like, how, can, how is he still on the floor? Because, it's like he's so uninvolved in the game. How does he even keep his head in the game? Um, and so I think, you know, those two positions bother me some because I think they need more consistency from both of those positions because I think the Knicks are a good team, but I don't think they're good enough to not be functioning um, at full, you know, sort of like firing on, on, all, on all points. Yeah, I was just about to mention, too, Grimes. I would love to see more offensive contribution from him. And he's, he has the minutes. You know, he's playing 25-plus minutes a night, um, and he can shoot. He's a good shooter, and it's just a matter of him actually taking the shots and making them consistently at this point with him. And, and with Robinson, too, it would be nice to see some more offense in his game, I would say. He's a great defender, not taking that. Maybe one of the better defenders at his position in the league. But, you know, I think it would open up the floor so much more too if he was able to contribute a little bit more offensively because then you have the Grimes and the the Barretts wide open probably in the corners um, once you get uh, Mitchell the ball down down low. Yeah, I just think the Knicks like 
all NBA teams these days are taking far too many threes. Yeah. <laughs> Every team, man, is just shooting an incredible number of three-point shots. But that's today's NBA. Um, another NBA point, um, John Morant. Um, you know, he just recently come back from a suspension for a whole host of issues that were culminated by, you know, his IG live post where he was in the club with the with, with what appeared to be a gun in his hand. Um, got the eight game suspension, was away for a little bit longer. Um, he's back now and, you know, I'm glad he's back. But I would tell you this, Rob, I think anybody who was watching him and watching what was going on around him and the stories that were coming out, he kind of saw something like this coming. He was not on a good path. And I think one can only hope that he has gotten the help that he needs in order to make the changes that he needs to make. Um, And I think the jury's out on that. I'm glad he's back, but that young man needs to, he needs to, he needs to get himself together. You know what I mean? And, you know, address some of these issues that had him making some of the decisions that he has, that he was making because, um, you know, everyone's watching him now, including yeah. the NBA. They're, they're watching him closely. And if he doesn't, you know, tighten up the ship, um, we could see his career go sideways in a hurry. Yeah, and listen, man, he's a young kid. He's 23. So there, there is time for making up his image, you know, creating a better image moving forward. But it's a matter of him wanting to do it and surrounding himself with people who are going to empower that and help him out. And, uh, and I hope that, you know, maybe some veterans around the league have kind of put their arm around him and said, listen, listen, young fella, this is not the way. We get the success, the money, all that comes with being an NBA star, especially him, who's one of the more dynamic and athletic stars, one of the more box office stars we have in the league. But, you know, he needs to surround himself with people who are going to help him make good decisions and be consistent with that. You know, tell him, like, the crowd you're hanging around, these people, this stuff you're doing, no, none of that, man. Like, focus on, on the game in front of you, man, and, and stay, stay on that good path to not – create a, a bad situation for yourself again. So I hope he does get the help and, and does surround himself with good people um, because I, I would hate to see his career get cut short in his early 20s when it's such a great talent to see. Yeah. And, and, and one other thing I will say is, and I think his dad needs to step out of the limelight. I yeah. think you know, when, when you know a player's father as much as we know T. Morant, something's wrong. Yeah, I don't think you need to know a player's parent as much, you know, and see them as much as we know and see T. Morant. Yeah, you think of another a lot player of... where you know their parent? Just LeVar Ball. And he kind of well, disappeared once those guys made the league. Yeah. But and that, see, that I was think an you issue. Saying, but he kind of took a step back, though, right? Exactly. I think LeVar Ball was more, you know, let me wait till my kids get into the league and then I'll I'll back out. I'll back out from this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he was wearing out his welcome yeah. with all, you know, all of his shenanigans. Um, but, you know, he rightly has taken a step back since his sons have entered the league. 
Um, but yeah, but other than that, I mean, I, so I, I don't think parents of these NBA players should be having such a high profile. And I think when they do, especially when he's sitting courtside and he seems to always have a drink in his hand, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> it's just not, and sunglasses inside yeah. the stadium and stuff. It's, it's just not, to me, it's just not a good look all the way around. And maybe I sound like an old prude or something. I don't know. <laughs> But I, I look at this as a business and, and I just think that the NBA is watching this and saying, this thing goes off the rails. We will shut it down. Yep. And that's my concern. So you can call me an old prude if you want, but if you want to safeguard your career and maximize your earnings in a small window of time that you have to do that and to do that both on and off the court, then I think you got to conduct yourself in a way that shows that you have an understanding that you're part of a, of, of a huge business enterprise. Yeah. And I don't know how Adam Silver operates, but um, we're old enough to remember how David Stern operated with his guys around the league. He played yep. no games when it came to yep. that. That's right. So anyway, we'll see what happens with, with, with John Morant. Um, real quickly before turning to baseball, I want to, touch on on football and hit on one point really and that is your j-e-t-s jets 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 um it seemed early on that they were in the running for um uh, man i'm blanking on his name the quarterback who used to be with the raiders uh Carr. yes Derek carr right they were they were in the running for him brought him in loved him you know what I mean? Talking about he's going to go to the Hall of Fame if he plays for the Jets and all this stuff, but didn't make him an offer. So that was weird. Um, he's now, you know, in New Orleans, right? He's signed with New Orleans. Um, and so now the Jets have turned their attention uh, wholeheartedly to Aaron Rodgers. And it seems as if that's going to get done. So um, what what are your thoughts on... Aaron Rodgers. I have my thoughts, but I don't want to influence one thing you're <laughs> going to say. So I'm going to hold mine for right now as a Jets fan. And, you know, coming off a really good season where the weakest link on their team was at the quarterback position. I think we can all agree. Absolutely. Um, so what are your thoughts uh, about the Jets potentially bringing on Aaron Rodgers? I'll tell you what, Jeff. Unretire number 12, give him a statue. If he brings us to the Super Bowl, I'm all in with Aaron Rodgers, man. He may be the weirdest guy on planet Earth going into the darkness and all this other stuff he does. If he comes to New York, obviously he's coming. It's just a matter of when, not if at this point, I think. But when he arrives in New York, steps into MetLife Stadium, puts on that green Jets jersey, I am all in. And I, and I can't wait. Listen, the Jets were, like you said, probably a quarterback away from being what I, what I would say, and I'm not being a Jets homer here, maybe a contender other than the Chiefs maybe to get to the Super Bowl because I feel like their defense was that good. Um, I think they lost a lot of games based on Zach Wilson and him not being able to make the plays or turning the ball over, whatever the case was. You give the Jets an average QB last year, and they can make a run at a Super Bowl. And we've seen it plenty of times with other teams who have great defenses, um, playmakers on offense, and just an okay quarterback. And I think with Aaron Rodgers, and I know he's not Aaron Rodgers from 10 years ago, 
or anything like that. But I think he's still one of the better QBs in the league. He is 39. He had some injuries last season. I think he's. I think whatever darkness retreat he did, maybe he got his mind right, his body right. I think he's. He has a chip on his shoulder this year. Packers clearly do not want him, and they've said nothing short of saying it. <laughs> it's been straight up. Yeah, if, if we keep Aaron Rodgers, then we did something wrong. So I, I'm all in, Jeff. Bring me Aaron Rodgers and bring me the Super Bowl. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, look, I think that's the I, I think that's the positive side of it, and I think he brings all of those things. I mean, he like you said, he's still a very very good quarterback, even though he's showing some age with the injuries and and so forth, and what you would expect. Um, but clearly better than anyone the Jets had last year. And um, still, you have to consider him among, you know, the best quarterbacks in the league. He's not the best anymore because he's yeah. just too old. Yeah. Um, but he does come with some potential downsides. And part of it is, and you alluded to it with this, you know, the darkness retreat and, and things of that sort, with the controversy. You know what I mean? He's, you know, he's a veteran he's he's going to speak his mind he's going to you know take on the media and challenge the media and challenge fans perceptions and things like that um but you know you remember him going hey i'm immunized right when they asked him about (laughs) whether he had taken the covid shot and then he had to come clean and say well yeah I, i didn't take the shot but i you know I took some Flintstone vitamins, you know what I mean? I'm immunized, right? Um, the darkness retreat. And see, here's the thing about it. I think there are certain things that play in other cities that don't play in New York. And I know Aaron Rodgers is a national figure, but he's still, his home base still was in Green Bay. And I think if he brings some of that little cynicism about him, that little snarkiness about him, and he's not playing well in New York, and, you know, the darkness retreat, the man bun, uh, you know, all this stuff. I mean, you're not in Kansas, Toto. You know what I mean? You can't, that's not going to play in New York. And so there's a part of me that says, you know, I can see him being the guy who brings you to the Super Bowl. But I just wonder, though, if things don't go well, will he be a dis- more of a distraction? than, you know, a uh, help to the Jets' cause. Because I can clearly see him very easily becoming a distraction for that team. Yeah, I think if he struggles, especially right out the gate, there's going to be a big dark cloud over MetLife Stadium with the Jets easily. Um, but I think if he comes out the gate and it it kind of looks like what Brett Favre looked like when he came to the Jets, where they were – looking like a team that was going to be unstoppable. And this is the kind of start Aaron Rodgers has. And and it is consistent and continues throughout the season. I think we Jets fans are so desperate, Jeff, so desperate to see some type of run in the playoffs and towards the Super Bowl. And we feel like we have the team in place to do it. All that noise, I think we'll, we'll ignore it, to be honest. And I think the media might do the same, at least the Jets media directly. So the beat writer, all those guys, I think those people will ignore 
the outside noise and focus on the Jets have something special going on. Yeah, if if they're winning. I mean, yeah, that that'll be easy to do, but you know, we'll see. But um, it's 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 worth keeping your eyes on. Um, obviously, you said it's it's just a matter of time when you know before he joins the Jets, and if that's true, then obviously the Jets are going to be one of the bigger stories of the NFL season for sure, at least uh, at the start of the season, um, depending upon how they how they play. Um, we're desperate, man. Desperate. Spring me yeah. twelve. Okay. I think I, I think he has to have a clause in his contract, though. He can't wear a man bun in New York. I think. <laughs> I think there has to be a clause. Um, uh, turning to baseball. Uh, before getting to your intrepid um, predictions, WBC. Quick thoughts on that. That was exciting, man. Especially towards the end. I tried to catch as many games as possible, but obviously time zone differences kind of threw everything off. I kept some games while I was at the gym and things like that. But overall, man, I I really enjoyed the World Baseball Classic. Um, injuries obviously are part of the game, and a lot of people criticized it because of that. That's, that's going to happen, whether it's spring training or whether it's a competition like this. But um, I thought baseball was put on the map in a very positive light. Thanks for the World Baseball Classic. And um, let me tell you, man, I can't wait for the next one. I truly, truly cannot wait for the next one. Um, just seeing even guys like Mike Trout, who haven't experienced playoff success at the major league level, seeing his excitement throughout this tournament was golden for me. I, I loved every second of it. Um, and I cannot wait for the next one. Look, I think... You know, your sentiments are, are shared certainly by Major League Baseball um, and perhaps some of their uh, media partners. And look, I, I think the World Baseball Classic was, you know, by all by all counts, very successful. A um, lot of excitement, um, you know, record viewership for the championship um, round or the championship game. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, all in all, it was it was you know, a, a success and people are excited about it personally, because for me, I just don't, I don't, I don't exhibition season, spring training, exhibition, NBA, preseason football. I'm just not that guy. So, and I can understand for you, you know, diehard baseball fan and other baseball fans, and maybe even some casual fans. This is really exciting. For me, I, I you know just personally, man, I just can't get into it because I don't, I don't, I don't get into exhibition games. Yeah, I just don't. And so, you know, World Baseball Classic is never going to be one of those things that are must see for me on any level. Um, just like preseason football or or you know preseason basketball. And I get it that World Baseball Classic is different than those, you know you know, just strictly, you know, the preseason. I get it. I understand. But, um, nah, I mean, I'm glad for those who enjoyed it. Um, I'm not down on it just because Edwin Diaz or any other player got hurt. Cause as you say, that's just part of the game and that can happen at any time can happen in spring training. Right. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, right. So that doesn't, that doesn't phase me any, but, um, yeah, man, I'll, 
I'm just going to step out of the way and stand in the corner while everybody celebrates how great the World Baseball Classic is. And I'm just going to, you know, sip on my sweet tea. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you what, man. Next Baseball Classic, we got to go to a Dominican game and your life will change. That's my dream for the next one. I'm trying to go to at least see one game, Team DR. Obviously, they fell short this year. Very disappointed in that. That was my squad. You and I, Jeff, we're going to go see Team DR, and I hope to change your mind about the World Baseball Classic. No, no, now, now let, let's be clear now. <laughs> now. Now, the first World Baseball Classic, I was there. I, I went to nice. Puerto Rico. I went to Puerto Rico. The Dominican team was there. The Venezuelan team was there. Um trying to think i don't i don't think the cuban team was there i'm not sure um but you know you had those teams from latin american countries and man you know you go into the stadium and it's a party i've never been in a stadium like that yeah and part of my job at you know at that first world baseball classic i had a clicker in my hands right and i was part of the contingent we had someone from the union side which was me we had someone from mlb and we were clicking we were counting pitches Right. Wow. Because there were, there were pitch limitations on, you know, on, on, on the pitchers. Yeah. And so I just had a clicker. Right. <laughs> but I'm watching. But but the thing was, no, I get it. And I've always known this, how baseball is totally different. Right. It's you're talking about the day off for opening day. Man, if this was in the Dominican or something like that, I mean, this is like party time whole, right this is celebration time yeah <laughs> yeah so i get it and i know that when they got knocked out in this round so early man the country was reeling from that so i, I yeah. do understand that but i'm just still saying if it's one thing to be in the stadium right because stadium experience is always different than yes televised experience and especially for a world baseball classic when you have dominican playing venezuela or dominican playing Puerto Rico or whatever the case may be. But um, so I get that part, but I'm talking about as a viewer watching on television, mm-mm. you ain't going to find me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> We're going to be playing hide and seek, bro. You ain't yeah. going to find me. <laughs> so Man, maybe it's just a baseball nerd in me, man. No, but like I said, I think I think but, there are a lot. Obviously, the the diehards really yeah. love it, and I think casual fans have really taken to it as well. And and I'm glad. I'm glad. I, I think it's good for the game. Um, but you know, you just gotta. I'm just being honest in in terms of you know what what you know piques my interest, and yeah. it's that's not, it's just not for me. Yeah, no, that's fair. I also watch spring training games this year. I didn't see as many, so. I mean, I don't blame you for feeling the way you do, but I'm just different, man. I hear you. <laughs> yeah. And to prove you're different and, and how you and I both are different, you, you're about to now talk about something that I have never, ever done in my life. <laughs> I have never <laughs> made season predictions on any league. I don't care. I don't even make season prediction on my teams. Like, you know what I mean? Like, much less going throughout the whole league. So, you know, yeah, we're just, you know, that's what, that's what makes the world good. You know, you can't, you can't have just one flavor of ice cream, right? You got to have different that's flavors. True. That's so, 
Um, so yeah, so why don't we jump into that? Yeah, because again, you you know, I'm I'm always curious as to your predictions for the coming season, and this year is no different. So why don't we jump right into that? Um, where do you want to start in giving us your predictions? for the 2023 major league season. Yeah, we'll start with the National League. Um okay. I'll I'll give you the the wild card teams first. To kind of we'll get those out the way. So I think for the for the National League, the wild card teams that I picked are the three the three wild cards, the Mets, the Dodgers, surprisingly the Dodgers and the Phillies. Those are my three. So for the Mets, um I think the Mets made a good decision in not re-signing DeGrom and going for Verlander. And this is just like business decision, not even looking at stats or anything like that. I think the return on investment you're going to get from Verlander through the life of his contract is going to be much better than what you're going to get for DeGrom over the five years he got with Texas. Um, That's, like I said, straight return on investment, business talk, all that stuff. Um, I think it, it was a great decision by the Mets, but past the big two with Verlander and Scherzer, there's a lot of question marks for the Mets in their rotation. And I still think, Jeff, that they're missing that one impact bat. And we've been talking about a UNI since last mm-hmm. season. They need that impact bat. They have Lindor, they have Alonzo, sure. But they need someone else in there that can really hit the ball to all fields. And they don't have that. They didn't address that this offseason. Maybe they do at the deadline, you would hope. But until further notice, I don't think they have a, a serious run at the division until they can get that impact back and maybe add another pitcher or so. Um, but like I said, we'll see at the middle of the season how, how things look. Um, for the Dodgers, I didn't pick them to win the West because offensively I don't have any concerns with the Dodgers. They have Mookie Betts. They have Freddie Freeman. Um, they're still a great offensive club. But their pitching is very concerning to me. They're – their pitching is based on, I hope this guy stays healthy and I hope this guy stays consistent. And they're relying on those two things to work in order to have a great season from their pitching staff. And that's not something that today I can say I'm confident in and trust that's going to happen for the Dodgers. So I think they're still going to be a very good team. Obviously, I still have them in the playoffs. Maybe they get 90-plus wins, I'm sure. Um, but as far as winning that division, I don't have them winning this year. And then the Phillies, Unfortunately, they lose Hoskins to, again, a non-contact injury. Happens, like I said, we said earlier, happens in the World Baseball Classic, can happen in spring training, can happen walking out the shower, which we've seen players get hurt as well. Um, So that's going to be a huge loss. He's kind of like their heart and soul of that team. So I'm sure that's going to be a big void left in the clubhouse. But I think, you know, when you add America's shortstop and Trey Turner to a team that was already really good, and, and made that postseason run last year. You're going to get Harper back at some point. Um, there are reports he's not going to be on the 60-day I.L., which is huge news, which means he won't be out as long as people expect. I think the Phillies are good enough with their rotation um, to really make, to stay consistent at least, or be in the hunt for when Harper gets back to make that second half, you know, spark and, and make a run at the playoffs. So that's why I have him as the wild card team there. So those are my okay. three wild cards for the National League. Okay, so real quickly, on the Mets, I agree with you. The Mets didn't add that impact bat. Almost did with Correa, obviously, yeah. but we know what happened with that. So they don't have that impact bat. I think they're going to need someone to step up internally, though, right? Yeah. Um, and 
you know, I think they're going to need to stay healthy. I, I do think that a part of the Mets season last year that was kind of underrated and how it affected them was Sterling Marte missing time at the end of the year after he got hit in the hand mm-hmm. uh, against the Pittsburgh Pirates because he was out for a good stretch of time and their offense kind of sputtered on and off from that point. Um, and so I think, you know, them staying healthy and, and, and Marte being healthy will be a key. I also think too, one of the things I'm going to keep my eye on is Omar Navarez, the, the new catcher that they got from Milwaukee, um, yeah, I like who, him. who's an upgrade offensively, obviously from McCann, who was, I mean, every time that guy came to the plate, I was so frustrated. Uh, he was so inept offensively for the Mets. I'm not saying he's going to be a difference maker, but I do think he won't be the automatic out yeah. that McCann was. And I think that that may help. But, I'm, but I also agree with you that their rotation, especially with, with the injury to Quintana, um, is, is a concern. Right. Is a concern um, because they were pretty deep. Taiwan Walker as a fourth you know, starter last year was pretty good for them. You know what I mean? And you had Chris Bassett in there doing his thing um, and so forth. So, uh, yeah, I think I think it's a concern. And then obviously the biggest concern on, from a pitching standpoint is the loss of Edwin Diaz. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's that's the biggest thing. So I think the Mets just really have a lot of issues. Um a lot of talent still, but they're going to have to fight and scramble. You know, you mentioned the Dodgers and not being concerned about their offense, but you also mentioned that Trey Turner is now with the Phillies. And I think him not being on the Dodgers is going to hurt them offensively, obviously. And then with Gavin Lux also being gone for the whole season, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and Muncie last year was not at his best, you know, offensively. And we saw what happened to the Dodgers in the postseason. They were pitched to, right, <laughs> and shut down. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'm sold on the Dodgers offensively, really. You know what I mean? Good team, yes, but I think we might start to have seen the beginning of the end of the Dodgers dynasty, such as it was. Um, and then lastly, the last thing I will say on the Phillies is, um, look, I, anything Philadelphia, um, I don't root for. Okay, I don't. I don't even root for the sun to come up in Philly. All right, so, uh, <laughs> so, so um, you know, uh, so I'm not rooting for them at all. But I do hear you on Hoskins. I, I, that that to me, I feel for Hoskins yeah. because he is a he is a key part of that team, as you said. But I feel for him because he was an impending free agent, and so to have this kind yeah, of injury at true. this particular time just really stinks. You know what I mean? You want to see a good player cash in and he's going to have to, you know, it'll be a year delayed for him uh, before he can really cash in. So from that standpoint, I I feel for a Philadelphia Philly, but that's it. I have nothing else to say. (laughs) And, you know, you know, we'll see if they make it, but I got it down here. Mets, Dodgers, Phillies. Now, if there was one team who, who is not part of your part, uh, your top three, but who could sneak in as a wild card, who would that be? I would say it's either between the Brewers, who somehow always are good, especially towards the end of the season, and the other team that I think may – I don't think they'll make the playoffs, but I'm interested in seeing how the Diamondbacks perform this year. They have some interesting players, some good young players, 
Um, they've mixed in some veterans, obviously with the trade with the Blue Jays. Um, I'm interested to see how they how they pan out. I don't think they'll make any noise in the West. They're in a very tough division. I don't think, you know, the Padres and Dodgers aren't going to mess around with them. But I'm interested to see how the D-backs do. But if there's one team that might sneak in, I, I'd probably say Milwaukee is the one. Okay. All right. So now what? Wild cards in the American League? Yeah, let's do it. So okay. for these three, I have Toronto, Seattle, and the Minnesota Twins. Um. So we'll start with the Twins. So I, I was a little conflicted about this because I I originally had Tampa Bay as the as a, one of the wild card teams, and 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 that's strictly out of respect for what the Rays are able to do year in and year out, whether it's through adversity with injuries or not having enough pitch or something. But they somehow find a way to make it, and I think they have a pretty good rotation. They'll be a good team, but I think they'll fall just short of the playoffs, and that's where the Twins come in. Um, I like some of the moves the Twins made. Obviously, they bring back Correa um, out of the blue almost after all the, the, the back and forth with his contracts. The Joey Gallo signing. Now, as a Yankee fan, you remember Joey Gallo. Did not do well. But with the shift ban in place, I'm sure teams will still find a way to get creative and shift and things like that. But I think he's going to see his offensive numbers um, rise again and build that confidence again. And I think we're going to see a little bit of more, more Texas Joey Gallo as opposed to Yankees Dodgers Joey Gallo. And I think that's going to help the twins offensively. Um, he's still a really good defender, I would say in the outfield, and that's going to help the twins. And I think their rotation is pretty good. The addition of Pablo Lopez, I think was a plus. I would have loved to see him on the Yankees, to be honest. It was one guy I was hoping the Yankees would trade for. Um, but ultimately the twins get him. And he's a, he's a solid starter, um, I think underrated around the league, if I have to say. But I, I like the Twins in that regard to make the playoffs. Um, with Seattle, they're here. They've arrived. You know, they're, they're no longer that, like, flirting with success kind of team. They're here. They made the playoffs already. Now it's a matter of continuing that. And I think they added some pieces with Teoscar Hernandez, who I think him with, um, with J-Rod – it's going to be a great dynamic. They add to that offense. They get a full year of Luis Castillo. Robbie Ray as their number two now, so less pressure on him. And a full year of Luis Castillo. I'm excited to see how how that goes, how that tandem works out. And I think this is the Mariners' chance to continue that consistency. They have the young core in place, and now they just have to continue to build with it. And I think they made the moves to do so. Um, and then with Toronto, they're a team – that has been an offensive powerhouse over the last couple of years. And they sacrificed some of that offense for defense. And that's based on the moves they made. So signing a guy like uh, Kevin Kermeyer to play center field, they traded for Varsho from the Diamondbacks, who a pretty decent bat as well. But also, I think he plays some pretty good defense, very versatile player, can play catcher, outfield, all that stuff. Um, they're very top-heavy lineup now with those adjustments and those trades and those moves they made. So you have to hope that the guys like Vlad and all those other guys can stay healthy. The whole Bichette can stay healthy um, and produce at the level that you're expecting them to produce. Because if they don't, I can very quickly see Toronto fading as we get later into the season. Um, their pitching staff is pretty good. Um, you want to see a bounce back from Barrios. He had a very bad season last year. But they had Chris Bassett, who another guy who – I think he's underrated. He's he's a pretty solid starter, good number three, number four starter. 
Um, so that's kind of that's why I have Toronto in there making the playoffs as a wild card team. Yeah, I mean it's it's interesting, and obviously, you know, you're going to turn to the division winners in a second. Um, but you know, I I do think it, it's interesting that Tampa Bay didn't make it, so I can only assume that Tampa Bay is not making the postseason, according yeah. to you, because there's no way on God's green earth you're picking them to win a division over your Yankees. So that's like spoiler alert, not, you know what I mean? So, (laughs) (laughs) but, but, um, yeah, I think I look Seattle to me, you're right. I think they're poised to continue to be there. Um, but you know, obviously all these teams have to produce, but I think Seattle definitely is there to do that. I wonder what the, you talked about Pablo Lopez coming over to the twins. And I agree with you that that's a good move. But they also gave up some good talent in Luis Arias, right? The AL batting champion last year in a career 300 hitter, who's just overall a very good hitter, very versatile. Um, He's played a lot of defensive, you know, he's played around, you know, defensively on the field. Um, uh, You know, he gives you some good defense as well. So, you know, I, you know, they they did lose that, you know, um, but. And, and, and it remains to be seen, right? You don't just lose a batting champion and go, oh, yeah, we're fine. You know what I'm saying? You just don't. Yeah. And he's a career 300 hitter. So it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. Um, and then with Toronto, I think you're right. I mean, you know, over the, you know, especially two years ago, right? They were, you know, they would bludgeon you, mm-hmm. right, with their offense. Last year, they weren't as good. It was to be expected because, you know, Vlad and Tiosker weren't going to have those, like, otherworldly years that they had two years ago. And then Springer was in and out of the lineup and things of that sort. So their offense wasn't clicking as it was two years ago. And now, as you said, they've kind of made some other moves, get some 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 defense and some defensive versatility with Kiermaier and, and, and Varsho. Um and so their offense is not going to be the same. And so it, to me, that's the biggest question mark of your three in my mind. You know, will Toronto have enough offensively to to do it? I'm not saying they don't, but um, it's going to be interesting to see how they win games, right? Because they're, yeah. they're not going to win games because they're going to slug you to death. Um, and so that'll be interesting. But you're right, Barrios has to bounce back. Um, so that's interesting. So uh, um, same question I asked you in the National League. If there's the one team who you don't have in your top three who you say, hey, they may be able to sneak in as a wild card in the American League, which team would that be? I would probably go Tampa as my number one. Um, just kind of the conversation I had earlier about Tampa. They're a team that you have to respect them regardless of who they put out on the field because everyone they put out can produce. Um, and somehow come up in a big way. Um, but if I not counting Tampa, I would probably say, believe it or not, Jeff, the Rangers, um, because they're a very interesting team that I'm, I'm going to be watching very closely because they may be one of those dark horse teams that slides into that last wildcard spot late into the season. Because if they can stay healthy, and that's the biggest if, because obviously they have DeGrom, and that's his big thing. It's if you're healthy, he's the best pitcher in baseball. If he can stay healthy, I think they have a chance to make to make it as a wild card team. Okay, 
I'm going to I'm going to pass just in the interest of time over Degrom being the best pitcher in baseball if he's healthy because I think I think that's more of him living off his resume and I think it's time out for that because mm-hmm. I just saw him with the Mets last year and you know I saw him at the end of the season and and you know he couldn't make it through the fifth inning too many times um, yeah and he was getting tagged quite a bit. Listen, the numbers are still eye popping. They really are. You know what I mean? Yeah. They really are. Even with his abbreviated contribution over the last two years, when you put them together, um, but sometimes that can just be misleading. Um, but um, we'll see what happens with Texas. We'll see. But let's go on to the division winners. Okay, so um, might as well start in the National League so that you can, you know, for obvious reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Save the American right. League for last. <laughs> but um okay, so who are the division winners in the National League? So for the NL East, I got the Braves. Um I don't think there's a surprise there. I think just top to bottom, they're the best team in that division. They're they're deep, they're full of talent up and down that roster. Um there wasn't much thought into picking the Braves honestly to win the division. Um it's just I just think they're the better team, point blank. Um, with the NL Central, I have St. Louis, your favorite team. Um, a model of consistency, man. Oh. I, they, they just—that's who they are. They—they're another team and another organization who just continues to have good talent up and down that roster. Um, on paper, they have potential All Stars at every single position, especially on first and third with those two potential MVPs um, year in and year out. Um, so again. Uh, not too much thought put into this one. Um, I just think the Cardinals, again, are the better team in that division. Um, and in the NL West, the San Diego Padres, I think this is their year. Um, injuries, obviously notwithstanding, I think um, they're the best team in that division on paper. But obviously games are played on the field. So we will see how they how they perform on the field. I like their rotation. It's a very solid rotation. I think the addition of Bogarts, uh, was a good one. The investment was huge, but that left side of the infield now with um, Machado, who's maybe the top top three third baseman, top two maybe in in the entire league, along with Xander Bogarts at short, allows you to move Tatis into the outfield. Um, he's extremely athletic, as we know with Tatis. But two moves that I like that the Padres made as well is bringing in Matt Carpenter, who's just a veteran presence, a veteran hitter. Um, But the other one that I liked the most was Nelson Cruz. And it's not because Nelson Cruz is going to hit 45 home runs anymore, but I think he was brought in almost as as a mentor for Tatis, especially with the stuff he's been going through and kind of the positions he's put himself into the last couple of years. So I think the addition of Nelson Cruz in that clubhouse as a clubhouse presence is going to help Tatis keep his mind on the field and not focus around all the stuff that's going on off the field. Yeah. I, look, I can't argue with any of your selections here. I think San Diego just talent wise is, you know, is the top team in the West. And I think they're going to beat out the Dodgers. Um, St. Louis, you, you know how I feel about St. Louis, but <laughs> I think in that division, they are the best team. And so, you know, so yeah, I think they they should come away with the central crown. Atlanta, um, same thing. I, I think you know of 
of the of of the three teams, you know, the other two being the Mets and the Phillies. I think Atlanta has the most talent, but it's interesting that all three teams have injury problems. Yeah. The Mets, you know, with Diaz being gone for the year, Quintana being gone for probably half the year, if not a little bit more, more severe. Hoskins being gone for the whole year, very, you know, that's a severe one. But you know, Kyle Wright is 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 I think is starting the season hurt for um for Atlanta and Iglesias um mm-hmm. I, is, is starting hurt as well. Um look they they do have Atlanta you know they do have a lot of options in the bullpen so I think you know they'll they'll turn to those options but you know losing Kyle Wright you know you don't know how long it's going to be. Um, and then also with Iglesias, you know, it's one thing to be the eighth inning guy, seventh inning guy, but to be the ninth inning guy again, where he has some up and down performances, I don't think he's a sure bet in that slot either. So I, I think of your three, Atlanta is probably the one that will have to fight the hardest because I think the division is more competitive yeah. right, with the Mets and the Phillies there. And I, and I think Atlanta... You know, let, let's see what Spencer Strider does in his sophomore season. Let's see what what Michael Harris, you know, does in his sophomore season. Um, you know, let's see how they overcome the departure of Dansby Swanson, who was a key part of that team last year and over the past four seasons. You know what I mean? So I think the Braves still have some question marks. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, um, but I, I, I do believe, you know, yeah, I can see picking them uh, over the Mets and the Phillies, but I think Atlanta has some challenges ahead of them as well. Um, okay, so let's move to the National League. I mean, to the American League. And yeah. who do you have there? All right, so we'll start with the AOS. Um, the Astros, I'm sick of them, but they... <laughs> your man. favorite team. <laughs> God. That's your favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I am so sick of the Astros, man. But they are, listen, they lose star players and somehow they get a star player. They just call up a star player. And, and Jeremy Pena is the latest example of that. Um, obviously, Altuve is out with the, with the thumb injury off of getting hit in the World Baseball Classic. Um, but I, I don't expect them to, to lose much ground in, in that regard. They kind of started off the gate, I believe, struggling last season. Everyone was worrying about that. I picked them to be a wild card team last season, and they shut me up. So I'm done. I'm done picking against them, Jeff. I'm just, I'm just done. The Astros are the team to beat in in all of baseball until further notice. They're going to take that division and run with it. Uh, with the AL Central, I picked the Guardians. Um, I don't think they were a fluke last year. They have a really good rotation. I love Tristan McKenzie is a guy that. I don't think enough people talk about, and I know you and I touched on him last last season as well as a guy that we both like to watch pitch, and I hope that he continues to, to be a, a really good starter. I think he has ace potential um, if he gets everything together and does what he what we know he can do, um, and, and I think the addition of Josh Bell was a good one. It adds some pop into that lineup that didn't have a lot of power to begin with, so he can bring him that potential of you know, 25, 30 home runs uh, maybe even more, give them more opportunities to come along with the, all those young guys um, it, it already in the lineup. So I, I have them winning the, the central uh, the central division. And then no surprise here, I'm going with the New York Yankees. I picked against them <laughs> last year. 
I had the Blue Jays winning last year. So I had the Yankees winning this year, um, despite the headaches and the pain that they caused me and the panic attacks they made me go through last season. They came off, you know, hot start, one of the best teams in baseball to start the first half. Second half, they were playing about 500 ball the rest of the way, which is kind of where those panic attacks, those daily panic attacks came in for me. Uh, a lot of night sweats, sleepless nights. Man, it's tough being a Yankee fan these days. Not, it's not like the 90s. But I think going into the offseason, they had question marks um, whether Judge was going to be back. Obviously, he signed up to be a Yankee for life, which is great. I think the addition of, of Rodon was much needed because Garrett Cole is, is your ace. He's your horse. He's giving you 200 innings. But we needed someone who can be reliable as a number two and a for sure number two. And I think Rodon feels, fits that bill. And I know he's hurt to start the season. And hopefully it's nothing that extends throughout the season. But I think it was the perfect addition to have. And, and not to mention, I'm excited to see their new shortstop, Anthony Volpe, number one prospect for the team. I think the number five prospect in all of baseball or something like that. Um, got the call yesterday that he was going to be the opening day shortstop for the Yankees and hopefully long-term shortstop as well. So I'm excited to see what the Yankees are going to bring. I'm excited to see the influx of youth that they're putting into their roster, uh, which is something that's almost new for Yankee fans because we don't see that often. Um, So I'm excited for the Yankees, man. Um, They're going to give me pain. They're going to make me suffer. But I think the Yankees are overall the best team in that division. Again, um, I think the division choices are hard to argue with. Um, I think Houston's the the class of of the West. Uh, Seattle, you know, is a good team. I, yeah. I, I just think, look, Houston added Jose Abreu, bro. Yeah, they casually added him. Right, nobody's <laughs> really because, saying much yeah, about that. Like, you know what I mean? That's a huge addition, man. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, <Man>. it is. <laughs> So, um, you know, talking about the rich getting richer. Yeah. Um, and then I think Cleveland is just, you know, I, again, I think the Central in both divisions are the weakest in baseball. Yeah, I agree. In, in both leagues, I mean. Um, but I think Cleveland, you know, should be viewed as the favorite there. And then I do think the Yankees, um, you know, um, should should prevail in, in the East. The one thing I wonder about the Yankees is this. Um you know, Volpe, it's going to be interesting because he's a young, he's a young kid. So how does he, you know, adapt to the bright lights of New York, you know, especially when he hits, you know, the rough patch and he will, yep. right. We don't know if he starts the season that way. It comes at the end of the season or somewhere in between and how many rough patches there will be, but there will be some rough patches. So it'll be interesting to see how he responds to that. I do agree that Rodon's a, a key piece uh, for the Yankees. The one thing I do wonder though um is judge, uh, which sounds strange. And 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 the only thing I wonder about is he's not chances are very very high. He's not going to have a season like he had last season. I think we all can agree with that, right? Yeah, he's not 100%. going to be better than he was last season. So what does that mean for the Yankees overall? Because you and I both know there were times when Aaron Judge carried that team on his back. Yeah, especially and, against, yeah, we saw the in the Astros series, not yes. the playoffs, but in the regular season, yes. it was Judge. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. That four game set at the at Yankee Stadium, yeah. the Astros won two and Judge won two. Yep. Um, but you know, I, I just wonder, you know, where is his fall off going to be? Now he could still be excellent with the decline, right? Because his season was so great last year. But where 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 does he settle? You know what I mean? What 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 are his numbers going to be, and how will that impact the Yankees? offensively that's the one question i have you know in addition to you know how does volpe um uh, pan out in the end but you know those are the types of things that you just have to let the season unfold yeah um, and, and we'll see how it plays out but all right well there you have it um this is march 27th um three days before opening day and rob Duran has put in his predictions. If you missed them in the NL, the wild card, the Mets, Dodgers, and Phillies in the American League, Toronto, Seattle, and Minnesota. For the division winners, NL, the Atlanta Braves, St. Louis Cardinals, and the San Diego Padres, and in the American League, Houston, the Cleveland Guardians, and of course, his New York Yankees. Okay. Well, I got it down in pen. I'm going to now put this in the safe spot for <laughs> safekeeping. I think it might make sense to revisit this at the All-Star break. Absolutely. Just to see yep. if any adjustments need to be made based on how the season has played out to that point. Yeah, that's a great idea because baseball will baseball at some point in this season, and we may see some crazy surprises. You never know. That's right. I mean, Texas could be one of those teams. Um, Okay, so we're going to wrap it up here. Um, One of the things I do want to sort of preview for next time, one of the things I do want to talk about as it relates to baseball are the rule changes, you know, Mm. um, you know, the bigger bases, the pitch clock and so forth, the shift, right? The banning of the shift. Um, Obviously, that's something that's going to be all all of those things are going to be interesting to see how all three of those play out and the effect that it has on the game so we'll we'll talk about that next time and obviously as the season goes on but we're going to wrap it up with the, we're going to wrap it up right here brother so good to get back um back in the saddle and to talk some sports with you and um you know enjoyed the conversation enjoyed your predictions and i'm um, looking forward to doing this again next time absolutely man can't wait for opening day let's go opening day you 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 you're you're pushing for it to be a holiday i am i'm gonna i'm gonna start the petition soon there you go <laughs> not only do you know sports but you're a social activist <laughs> <to boot. laughs> all right brother i will catch you next time you be good take care man all right